and I opened radio psychedelics. Two years, they ignored me. They thought I'm crazy. They thought I'm insane. They told me I'm a foreign agent and I work for CIA and I cannot speak because I'm much smarter than Russian <laughs> in English. I was teaching medicine in the school and uh, my Russian language is pretty good. And they said, woman cannot talk like that. It's probably whole team of uh, CIA agents. They prepare the speech and the goal of this radio psychedelics is a drowned Russian territories in insanity. <laughs> Welcome to Rebel Spirit Radio, exploring the frontiers of spirituality, consciousness, the esoteric, and humanity's sacred relationship with a living earth. I'm your host, Nick Mather, and in this episode, I'm joined by Baba Masha, MD, to discuss her book, Microdosing with Amanita Muscaria, in which she discusses thousands of reports she has received on the healing potential of Amanita Muscaria mushrooms. I also want to apologize in advance as there is some distortion in the audio and video. It's not too bad and mostly on my end. And besides, we all know you're not here to listen to me anyway. Also, for those watching on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to the channel and hit that like button and notification bell. Your support is truly appreciated. Baba Masha MD is an animated virtual character created by an American artist and former pediatrician OBGYN who holds a doctorate in medicine and a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering. Baba Masha has hosted the Radio Psychedelics podcast in Russian-speaking territories since 2014. In the Radio Psychedelics podcast, Masha shares valuable information about the health benefits, history, medicinal use, laws, and dosage of psychedelic plants. Masha also introduced her audience to some of the most renowned psychedelic thinkers and gurus who were prohibited in Russian-speaking territories by speaking with them about their books, lectures, and podcasts. Radio Psychedelics was banned twice in the Russian Federation, but is still available in all other countries. Baba Masha ran several projects during her podcast where she collected public information about addiction to marijuana, microdosing with magic mushrooms, and personal reports on the health benefits of psychedelic plants. From 2018 to 2022, Baba Masha ran an international project involving over 12,000 volunteers on the effects of Amanita muscaria mushrooms. The book, Microdosing with Amanita muscaria, is the result of two years of a four-year research project. Masha, welcome to Rebel Spirit Radio. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, Nick. Yes, well, thank you. It was very surprising because uh, you never talk about psychedelics in your rebel radio. You talk more about religious uh, myths and witches. I'm kind of don't fit in your um, field of interest. Uh, no, actually, actually, I have covered psychedelics. Yeah, the very first guest, uh, and we spoke about his book uh, LSD and the Mind of the Universe. I see. Uh, I had uh, Thomas Hatzis on who oh, okay. uh, identifies as a psychedelic historian. Right. Um, I had uh, Dr. Tim Reed, who is leading up a training um, center in the UK on uh-huh. certifying uh, psychotherapists uh, to work with psychedelics in their patients. And uh, Jahan Hazmazadeh, 
uh, about his book, The Psilocybin Connection. So did you're you, not the first. <laughs> did yeah. you ever try anything yourself or you don't want to talk about it? Uh, no, I'm okay saying, I, you know, um, uh, I have uh, ample experience with psilocybin mushrooms and mm. LSD um, and I have taken MDMA once. Uh, but most of my experience is with psilocybin and uh, LSD. I see. Yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's an interest of mine and uh, the podcast covers several different things. And um, I think that psychedelic is an important aspect, especially now, since we are in the midst of what's being referred to as a psychedelic renaissance. You know, so you know what will with my interest. Uh, um, I want to ask you. You teach in the philosophy and the religion studies. Yes, that's what's, your, what's your belief with with God? What your relationship with God? Do you are you <laughs> believe? <laughs> um, it, it depends on define. I always want to ask is how I mean by God. If we're referring to God as the God of the Bible, or uh -huh. God of the Quran, not. not. I see. Um, but if we're talking about a, I don't want to say a higher power. Instead, I will say something like a primary or foundational consciousness. Right. That goes beyond the human consciousness. Then yes, I believe in something like that. I see. But not Maybe. necessarily a personal God. I see the interesting fact in my experience being Baba Masha in running with uh, radio psychedelics. I have uh, several priests of different religion mm. contacting me and uh, because they, they heard my uh, stories and they tried uh, magic mushrooms. And mm. I talk with them a lot because I talk with the uh, thousands and thousands of people for eight years personally about their experiences. You know, psychedelics did not dismiss their faith in God as a creator. But the strange things, thing, all of them start criticizing religion itself. Mm. They start seeing this as a, as a business is a rule, uh, is a tool for domination, for power, for money making, for oppression, for control. And they were asking me, what should I do? What should I do? <laughs> My answer was, look, if you have kindness in your heart and you kind person and you wanna bring uh, some to humanity, kindness and morals which is uh you know just continue to do what you do but yeah. if you cannot be part of that business that's up to you you have to choose mm. but the strange things they didn't change the gods the god was the same as they chose before mm. the faith stayed the faith in the religion and their authorities kind of were shaken dramatically you know yeah. Yeah, I had a guest and my list of past episodes about psychedelics, so all apologies to him. But I had uh, a priest, uh, a hump priest, um, who began an organization called Ligare. Um, uh -huh. So any any religious professionals 
who want to connect with other uh, religious professionals that have had experiences with psychedelics, send them to that, ligare.org. Uh, Hunt participated in a clinical research program at a major university uh, where he was given um, a moderately high dose of psilocybin uh -huh. and he had a mystical experience. And so uh, he began this organization you know, he still has a belief in God, but he's doing kind of what you were just saying, where he is focusing a lot less on doctrine and belief mm -hmm. and more on experience. And he comes out of the Christian tradition. So he is trying to really just connect with other people in, I think, all faith traditions. Uh, to open up a discussion about religion and psychedelics. I see. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a really good uh, fellow to talk to. I really appreciated Hunt. Um, he was a good guy. So uh, let me ask you a question here. Um, uh, when did you become interested in psychedelics? Uh, about 30 years ago, I moved uh, in the States. And uh, it was a very profound experience, which totally changed my life. I came here, I didn't speak English. And by learning a new language, you become a different person. I didn't know about that. <laughs> because uh, when you learn a new language, you become kinder. Mm. Because the bad words are not attached to your emotions. How, you know, when we grow up, we conditioned linguistically and we connect our words to emotions. Mm. It's all happened in our childhood, but when you're adult and you have some background, you learn a new language and you become a different person. And then, you know, I never was interested in any psychedelics because in my medical experience, it was a taboo and it was some bad people, whatever, propaganda. Nobody talked about it. I knew some people using marijuana, but uh, normally we all knew like there's some criminals, bad people, da, da, da. So I'm practically a very clean person. I don't like alcohol like most Russian people do. And I was totally unattached. And being a doctor, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't take any pills. I don't have any pills and I'm a very clean person. And when I moved here in a few months, in a few months, I realized everybody smokes pot. It was so amusing to me. <laughs> I, I was working in a big uh, corporation, telecommunication company, and I realized everybody smoked smoke marijuana and I tried it a couple times and I had a really really heavy psychedelic experience I had visions I have all physical changes it was hallucinations and I couldn't understand how people work and I said guys how, how do you work how do you do how you operate computer and they say you know what we learned how to roll joints for our parents before we start walking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had a 
two heavy years. I didn't smoke very much. I tried marijuana on the weekends only because I had to work uh, five jobs to sustain first few years. And I had heavy, heavy psychedelic experiences just from one, maybe two hits. Mm. And all my American friends were saying, no, no, it cannot be. It doesn't affect people like that. You're probably smoking something else. I said, look, I smoke what you gave me. Mm. So they were trying to tell me, it's not true. It's not true. It's something uh, real, real, really weird. But you know what? My brain start changing. I re- uh, because I was adult. I was forty years old, and it start sh- my consciousness start shifting to different direction. Because first part of my life, I was super strict. I was disciplined. I did my PhD when I was forty three. I was money-oriented, workaholic, you know, and now, but my childhood dream was to be an artist. Since since I was four years old, my dad gave me children encyclopedia. It was six big volumes. And one of the book was devoted to the art. And I found uh, 16 Madonna, Mm. wow. And I said, that's it, I'm gonna be an artist. But my family, my parents, we were chemical engineers. They said, oh, 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 forget it. <laughs> You're gonna be a chemist, da, 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 da. So they just closed the door and I never thought about it. So I'm 40, I'm smoking pot after work on the weekends. And I had that urge to paint. I start writing. The most uh, weird experience, I started writing English, totally unknown language to me. That's how I learned English. Because, uh, you know, I don't know if you speak any other languages, but speaking, writing, and understanding that's different skills. Speech and, uh, let's say, understanding are not connected. It's totally different skin, so you can develop understanding because working for seven years in telecommunication company, my understanding of English is 100%. But as you see, my speech is not very developed because when you move to different country, you learn to listen, not mm. to speak. <laughs> because your speech and your opinion does matter. <laughs> you wanna know what people say, so you, you have your power plan what to do. I smoked about seven years and then somehow uh, Terence McKenna came in my life from internet. I was internet geek. I was learning some programming. I went to school and I was uh, amazed with computer, what computer can give us. And Alan Watts, Terence McKenna, and some Tibetan monks came in my life because, you know, when you go on a certain path, you the events start coming to you. You know, it, they call it synchronicity. I didn't believe in synchronicity before, but life started changing real drastically. And I heard, I was listening McKenna very heavy, about seven years, almost every day. I was amused with his speech, first of all, as a foreigner. And about all his experience, I was like, wow. <laughs> and I end up, uh, <laughs> 
And then I heard the word ayahuasca from him first time, and I Google it, and I find out ayahuasca is some tea in the jungle. And I was thinking where I am and where is this jungle in ayahuasca in the shamanian tea. So I kind of forgot about it. And one day ayahuasca came in my life. And for me, ayahuasca was uh, my um, kind of a virtual game as a med scientist. I had a really, really good group of people who didn't brainwash us. They didn't tell me what it is. And when I was shaking our guide to explain what is it, where did I, what do I go? What is this? Because, you know, when you adult and you crack your head with psychedelics, it's very profound experience. And he said, you know what? I know what it's for me, but you have to find out what it is for you and you will. And I did. For seven or eight years, I was taking ayahuasca for every six months. And, I and I'm visual, I'm visual artist. This is my art. And I was painting psychedelics okay. before. I just didn't know what I was painting. <laughs> <laughs> and I was on a peak of my uh, painting career at that time. And to tell you the truth, because, uh, Psychologically, I'm fine, I'm balanced, I can manage, I can control myself, my emotions and everything. To tell you the truth, I went to psychedelics to get more inspiration and art, you know? So I remember when I walk in first time and you, you meet this entity and I was lucky because I'm so visual, it was like a movie. And she said, what do you want? I said, look, I want a more inspiration. Give me more fantasy. <laughs> and she said, you don't need it. <laughs> you have enough. Come with me. I'll show you something else. <laughs> and I was walking in those clouds of sh moving sh shapes of color because I'm a painter. And I was uh, really deep in painting that time. I was watching how they mix the colors with very yellow chicken, very light yellow with some sort of purplish. And I was walking around, I was like, wow, wow, all these nuances of colors. That was my first couple trips. And then it hit me real hard. It hit me real hard. And I started seeing weird things. Every time I come out and I will, it was a group of 15 people and they were going on uh, those journeys for decades. I was probably only one newbie in that group. And when I was telling them about my experience, they were like looking at me because most people go there like a, to psychotherapy mm -hmm. to get in peace with their dead parents. Or da, da, da. And I came and they asked me why you're here, what do you want? And I'm like, I'm fine. I just want to know what's there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what's there, what it is. And um, in the middle of my uh, uh, experience with uh, psychedelics, I realized I should not write questions and ask them. You know how we say you have to write the questions, you have to ask the questions, da-da-da, da-da-da. 
And I realized if I ask the question, I already kind of know the answer. I just don't know which one to choose. Mm. And I already have a concept of what I'm asking. So I stop asking questions. And when you have communication and you definitely have communication, it's not hallucination, you have communication. It's not linguistic. You kind of start uh, thinking and you get the answer and it's not linguistic. Because if it's linguistic, I can, you know, when you speak two languages, the phrase appears in your brain in Russian or English, and you can say which one it is. Mm. And communication was totally non-linguistic. I start asking questions like, show me what else you have. <laughs> <laughs> so I end up with a um, very heavy, psychedelic journey with iboga i don't know if you heard about it yeah i know a little bit about iboga yeah i was studying iboga for five years what it is i talk with people who took it and um, the reason i went to iboga my parents died to that point and i want to meet my dad hmm. because people was saying uh, people were saying to me you can talk with the uh, in real time, like with you. And I'm like, no, it's not possible. Yeah, and I and I want to meet my dad. That's why I went. It didn't happen what I planned because, you know, ayahuasca is far away from our real life. There is nothing human in uh, ayahuasca trips at all. Mushrooms, some. You can see the mushroom, you can see some things, but iboga is a photographic, information which we take from your memories mm. uh, why i'm telling you because my iboga trip it's last 72 hours wow and my childhood pictures in white and black the audio was in russian the latest events in this trip they were in English and they were colored. And everybody was saying to me, when you go to a boga trip, you meet the most fear of your whole life. And you mm. have to meet it. And time in the trip is endless. And you have to go until you pass it. That's it. You cannot go back. You just can go forward. And whatever your fear it is, you have to go through. And if you do, when you rewarded with something, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I didn't know what's my fear of my life is to tell you the truth. You know what it was? I met the God. <laughs> I met the God and in the Boga, you see the God. And you see the God, what you believe in. Mm. And I was born and raised as an atheist. Mm. I born in these communist times. A lot of people mixing communism and they say, oh, that's a left wing, blah, blah, blah. No, the communism I lived in, it was totalitarian regime. It was a prison for all of us. One step left or right, we do whatever we want. And uh, they kicked me out of communist party from my chemical engineer school when I was 19. 
because they said you don't fit in our communist youth party, blah, blah, blah. And then it was my first uh, realization where I live and what it is because they, they kick you on the ditch and forget it. You cannot find a good job. You cannot uh, go to school. You kind of like, so I have to flee the country and I end up in um, some Muslim part of Russia where I start from scratch from zero, but, but whatever. When I grew up, a religion was out of state prohibited. So when you grow up and my, ma my grandma on my mother's side, she believed in God and we shared the room. She was uh, reading me a Bible, showing those uh, little icons, da, 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 da. And she was um, old, she couldn't write, she couldn't read. And she was working on a communist farms for all her life, totally physically and mentally destroyed as a slave. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, she believes in God and what, and I see who she is, right? And I see my dad, who is a communist leader. Everybody likes him. He's strong. He's honest. He's a, he was a good, great person. And he didn't believe in God. So you see, you see the scale? Mm -hmm. And then you ask your teacher, your parents, your classmates, everybody said, oh, the God is like for some people, it's an older guy sitting in the cloud and a white, blah, blah, blah. And that was my image of God. And it was somewhere on the background. I never thought about it. And imagine this, I'm like 50 years old and I'm meeting him. And mm. in, in psychedelic, I, I, I met Jesus Christ and Salvia Divinorum. I talk with angels. And I learned in my psychedelic trips don't ask me a question, are we real or not? Because it doesn't matter. If you can talk, let's say with Jesus Christ, play chess with him and ask him questions, who cares if we're, if we're real or not? It's totally out of the picture. So when this guy came, I was like, you know who is that? You don't ask questions because you feel it with all your whole body because his energy was so strong. I was shaking like in a high voltage box. My teeth was going and I had flames out of my mouth and I, I, I was ready to fall apart on particles anytime. I was extremely scared and I didn't wanna look at him because it was a danger. So I kind of was covering my eyes and I only could see his feet and he was wearing boots. And I'm like, God in boots? Cannot be. And I was thinking, you're not real. You're not real. And as soon as I thought about it, she was, his image was distorted, like, you know, in an old TV, all this. Uh, mm -hmm. So I got in a fight with him and he deleted my existence. Wow. God, it was so intense. And he deleted me. And I got in the darkness because he was saying, come, come. Like, I, I think if I would come with him, I will end up in psychiatric ward <laughs> because it will shake my whole existence, all my base core, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was like, come. And I'm like, no, no. I was holding for everything was around me that time. And I, because in the Boca, you get in a movie, you don't plan their decorations. 
you're in the movie, you don't know what's gonna happen, but it's going on without your consent, without your agreement, nobody asks you, you're in the movie and it's weird decoration. And then he said, come. And I'm asking myself, why are you not going? <laughs> but, but it's an actor in the movie, I'm not going because of my memories. I was gonna take my memories with me. And he said, no. So he, he deleted me and is a doctor. At this point, I realized I'm gonna have a heart attack because despite uh, all these visions, because in a boga, you know, in a trip, you open your eyes and you're in a room and no visions, nothing. You close your eyes and visions are so intense and they take you so deep. You even forget you can open the eyes and see the room and get out. But because I was a doctor too long, I'm always monitoring my body language and I have this burning sensation in my left chest, my arm, and I'm like, God, I'm gonna have heart attack. God, I'm gonna have heart attack. And it was a voice, that's enough for her. <laughs> and when he came to me as a normal person he kind of was looking like uh, this um, uh, guy in the lord of the rings remember this actor with the long hair and oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he came to me and i was so pissed up i was like so mad because he totally deleted my existence from all the scriptures of universe and you understand that you don't have to invent it you just know and he came to me and he's saying, Masha, you're running here and here and looking for this and that. And he was staying like you in front of me. And he said, everything is right here. Everything is right here. And I heard that knocking and everything is right here. And he gave me one thing, which is, was uh, constantly in my trip. And I'm looking at him. But my emotions, took, my emotions took over and I was very aggressive because he deleted me and I'm thinking, you old fart deleted my existence <laughs> and now you're standing in front of me and telling me this, everything is here. And I took whatever he gave me and took off. And when I got to different stage, different decoration, and I met myself when I was two years old. She's standing, I'm standing, I'm looking at her, and when you meet yourself in a hallucination trip, you think, you think uh, together. And I'm looking at the girl, and I know that's me because the dress she's wearing. I remember myself two years old in the photographs. And I'm saying, hello, little Masha, how are you in English? And I hear her thoughts, she's saying, how, how does she know my name? <laughs> I didn't talk with myself. It was a kind of not linguistic communication. I was just saying to her, everything's going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine. And that was the end of a first very extreme part of the trip. Everything well after that was worse. Anyway, so you want to talk about my book now? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we can talk about the book in in a in a moment. I, I just wanted to make a comment that I find it really fascinating. This 
sort of encounter with this image of God because, and I was speaking to uh, another guest uh, very recently, not about psychedelics, but uh, we were talking about this idea of the fear of God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's mentioned a lot in the biblical text, you know, there's always mentions of the fear of God, but um, the fear is usually, or often it's translated as some kind of encounter with the numinous, with something that is awesome, but so absolutely other that there is, um, that's where the fear comes from. Exactly, um, Nick, you know, the fear is not human. Right. It's so high in energy. And I thought if I gonna look, because he was looking like a big, powerful, whatever, going, whatever, light, whatever it was, with boots. <laughs> <laughs> and and I didn't want to look at him. And I was shaking in a high voltage box because, and I thought if I'm going to look at him, <laughs> I'm going to be destroyed. Mm. The fear is not mental it's physical my whole body was gonna blow up in the pieces in his presence and it's very scary thing i never experienced that fear in my life and it's not human right. it's not human fear i don't know what it is but it's physical experience of high voltage whatever higher energy because i felt like a empty coca-cola metal can mm. and my brain was like <laughs> i realized my level of nothingness mm. compared to what i met you know you're right the fear i never thought about it really before i experienced <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well and and that's part of it too is this um, you know, the person I was speaking to, he is making connections between horror, uh, you know, scary movies and religion. And, you know, one of the things we were looking at is referred to as cosmic horror. Right. Um, and, you know, that's a lot, you know, found in like the writings of H. It's the, you know, he talks about these elder gods and it's always these encounters that if you were to encounter one of these gods, they are so other that it will lead you directly to madness. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I thought. Exactly, right. they're ours. And I already told you, if if I would go with him, I would be, I would end up in another house for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like there was something almost like archetypal playing out in that experience for you right yeah yeah and where does it where does it leave you after that well it lasted 72 hours three days and after so it's kind of very sharp 12 hours experience and then it's getting lighter but you're supposed to stay with the shamans mm. I took it with my husband. We took it together because when I told my husband I'm going to go fly on this island and take a boba, he said, no, 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 I'm going with you. I'm going to try it first and if not die, then you're going to do it. But we did it together and uh, we overdosed me because they gave us the same dosage and he's 20 pounds over me mm. and uh, he didn't get enough and I was overdosed. Mm. Even shaman was like scared. I want to just take off from that planet, this right. planet. 
anyway, he was all right. He didn't um, have any fears, but he does have any fears. He's different guy. He, he does. Anyway, he said, oh, that's okay. That's all right. She's going to be good. I'm going to watch her. We're going to take to our cabin. We stayed in a jungle. So he took me in a place where we stayed and fell asleep. And then I had five hours of psychotic episode. Mm. I never had depression in my life, but I'm a doctor. I can, I can check on myself. Even like when I go in a very deep psychedelic trips, I always keep on my back of my mind who I am and why it happening with me. And I understand why it happened because I took it. So I never go in a bad trip and I always can't control that anything because I keep the doctor behind me all the time. <laughs> and I'm staying like kind of, and I'm saying, Masha, why are you crying? What is it with you? It was so deep in the darkness crying. Like it was bursting out of me. So psychotic for five hours. And I'm like, what happened? Your life is good. You're loved. You love. Everything is good in your life. You are pursuing your dreams. Your life is perfect. What happened? You took some Volga. What's going on? And I'm realizing I'm going deeper and deeper and deeper. And when my husband woke up in the morning, I was totally mad. I was screaming, this guy killed me. Talking about this guy. And he said, look, he was not there. I said, no, no, <laughs> he was uh, there <laughs> and I'm screaming. I'm totally made my hair is up. I'm crying. My face is like this red. And he, and I, and, and you know, he said, I was with you in the room. Nobody was there. You saw it in your hallucination. And you know what stopped that madness? I looked in his eyes, my husband, and we love each other very deeply. We're so close together. We live like 22 years together, but it's better and better every time. And we're so connected. I looked in his eyes and I saw fear of me being mad forever. Uh, and it stopped. Hmm. And he said, let's go to the ocean. I will drive you to the ocean. Let's just, and it was sunrise, six in the morning. I sit down in a car and you know, everything is around me alive. All these spirits, trees, leaves, air, everywhere. We're driving and those spirits sticking to the front window. And I like, stop, stop. <laughs> the rocks were alive. Everything was alive. You take the rock and it's moving picture. And you see the history of the island in the rocks. It was so amazing for me. Like you see the Indian and a boat and some animals moving. I took the whole bags of rocks, but next day everything stopped moving anyway. And after that experience, I got a voice in my head. I had a voice in my head, Baba Masha voice, with da -da 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 -da, very high pitch because it was constantly in my Iboga trip. And she was saying, you are so controlling, you're perfectionist, leave everybody alone, just live your life. Da, da, da. And I'm like, whoa, because I can say it's my voice. And then she started living in my head. I will explain you what, in what um, content 
let's say we're driving me and my husband and when he's driving he's a really good driver we never been in accident but you know like women we involved we looking left or right in the intersection why you going there moving that line you know this stuff behaving like a navigator it's kind of when your old pattern comes you go through events of your life something happening and you have pattern of reacting you have your behavior already said especially if you're older and as soon as i open my mouth and want to do something like i did before the voice in my head said are you crazy are you stupid what you have nothing to do just leave him alone let him do his job he's doing fine just leave him alone look in the window you have an ocean you have mountains it's so beautiful look in the window leave him alone. and i'm like whoa it's like when event come and you wanna behave like you did before and it's a negative time freezes and the voice said are you crazy are you stupid why are you doing this again and i lost my speech not like lost my speech i didn't want to talk because after that trip i realized anything i say it's stupid and it's not connected to reality and it's kind of machine which is playing the radio in my head blah 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 no meaning da 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 you you're talking with people who are not here you're arguing with your brother or your mother or whatever you're wasting your time instead of doing something good for you interesting exciting you just do 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 this chatterbox and then my brain blew up and it was 2014 and i opened my radio psychedelics that was the sequence of events wow and i um by that time i was in a video production and i uh was uh, studying video production, audio editing, audio recording. And I need to learn this editing, animation. And I said, okay, I'm gonna do the project. That's how I do uh, my things. If I wanna learn something, I create the project on the go, mm. otherwise. So, and I decided I'm gonna open podcast. I'm not gonna tell who I am. I'm not gonna drag behind me all these artist abilities, whatever I did in my life and say, oh, I'm an actor, blah, blah, blah. No, I created a character, Baba Masha. And I thought, what I gonna talk about? Uh, and I decided the most interesting thing in my life right now, psychedelics. And I know so much about it and I can share it. Because by that time I did a boga, I read tons of literature. I read uh, uh, Robert Anton Wilson, Timothy Leary. I heard all lectures of Dennis, uh, uh, Dennis McKenna. I tried a lot of things, but you know, the puzzle, were, the puzzle were not complete. I was missing something. So I opened this radio psychedelics to find out the truth what is it for our people? And I decided I'm gonna do it in my culture, Russian, because I have deeper understanding of nuances of the language which I can connect because English still not my language and I'm never gonna be in deep in English like you because you grew up with that language, right? You have total understanding. I mean, connected to history, to some characters. You can say one word and everybody understand what you mean. And I'm a foreigner. So Russian was much more 
efficient for my research. And I opened radio psychedelics. Two years, they ignored me. They thought I'm crazy. They thought I'm insane. They told me I'm a foreign agent and I work for CIA. And I cannot speak because I'm much smarter than Russian <laughs> in English. I was teaching medicine in the school and uh, my Russian language is pretty good. And they said, woman cannot talk like that. It's probably a whole team of uh, CIA agents. They prepare the speech. And the goal of this radio psychedelics is a drowned Russian territories in insanity. <laughs> oh. And uh, you can imagine if it's criminal, you cannot talk about even medicinal properties. All nonprofit organizations like Yerovit, Shroomery, banned in Russia. You have no information at all. And some woman come out, you don't know who she is. She doesn't show her face. She talks with weird voice. And she's saying, I took psychedelics for a decade and I'm going to tell you what it is. Yeah. And between that, I'm giving them rules, certain settings, how do it right bringing psychedelic cultures, translating most of his, the most uh, famous books, not translating like by word, by hours, just saying the meaning, what does it mean? What kind of psychedelics, where is plants, where chemicals and how they affect you and how you take it safe so you don't blow up your brain and don't end up in an outhouse. And my medical background helped me a lot and I can read the formulas. I understand uh, chemistry, biochemistry, whatever chemistry, because for four and a half years, I was studying all kinds of chemistries to the point I started hating. <laughs> uh, that's how I end up with this radio. And in 2014, oh, I forgot to tell you, in my Iboga trip, I had a recurrent message all the time. You have to look for the small dosages. No explanation. You have to look for a small dosage. But da, da, da. And they don't say what it is, what I should look for. I come out of this trip and in three weeks, a book of uh, James Fediman popped on me from internet about microdosing. Wow, in a new world, microdosing came in my life. I read the book. And I tried it myself because, you know, on my radio psychedelics, I never talk about somebody experience. I always talk on things, plants, what I took, and I exactly know what it is. And I know how you have to take it safe because I spend a lot of time of studying and experiencing, do experiments on myself. And I never talk about, oh, somebody said, blah, blah, no. So I took micro doses of uh, magic mushrooms for six months and it was a blast. Mm. You know, my brain went on different level. Mm. Yeah, I and took, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. I took six months break and I took six months more. And when I, in 2016, I published it in my broadcast I talk them about benefits. It's how you how you can ignite your creativity, 
your mental capacity because uh, psychedelic uh, uh, macrodosis of magic mushrooms they block the noise mm. they bring you in a certain channel if you're working on a project especially creative one it's ignite your imagination and your brain start working like it's open channel it's mm. not like you doing you're guided from a to b you don't know how you do it but you know what to do so i start talking about it in 2016 and then because i already had good trusted contact with people we were talking to me because it's anonymous you know anonymously they don't know who i am i don't ask them who they are i don't want to see their faces i don't show my face in this way we can talk about anything you know in my recordings two three hours recordings about everything so it was already built up trust between me and my followers and then i start getting information on amanita mascaria People were saying, I'm taking Amanita Mascaria. I have this and that, da, 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 I was terrified. Is a doctor, is a normal, normal doctor. I was terrified. I was like, are you crazy? I grew up uh, in, uh, um, I, I was born in the middle of last century. And I grew up in very poor time in a uh, building a, society we have not much to eat so i was a mushroom hunter since i remember myself and my parents always were telling me avoid it avoid it avoid it don't touch it go away and it's uh stuck in my brain and then people start saying i'm taking it for a year or two years and i have such and such effects i'm like are you crazy you're gonna die anyway I had a very bad medical conditions, which I could not cure with pharma. And I didn't know what to do. And people were saying, try, try, try. And I did. I went on Pacific coast. I pick up some 10 or whatever dozen of uh, manitas. I did what they said. I prepared the tincture. And guess what? I got rid of my pain in my back because by that point I couldn't walk. Mm. I couldn't walk and I didn't want to go give up give myself to the doctors <laughs> and we perform the surgery which is 50 50 you can end up like physically disabled i said forget it and i was saved that's how i, be, I built up a relationship with amanita and then i start reading reading hours days months to find out what is about the what did they research what do we have and i had very good picture on Amanita before, before I created a group of 67 people who were taking Amanita Mascaria in different uh, small dosage, like from less than gram, plus minus gram. And they didn't know each other. They didn't know why I'm talking with them all the time. Why I'm asking, uh, if, uh, like a doctor, you know, I can ask some questions which leads me to whatever i want to know and i didn't tell them i'm doing research and they didn't know each other but they gave me very consistent data on sleeping on energy level on antidepressant and everything so 67 people 
give me all information. I tried it myself. I tried it on my friends. And then in 2019, I went public and I said, you know what? This and this, and that's what I have. Kaboom! I had about 2,000 people <laughs> at the end of 2019, and it was going like a snowball. And then in 2019, I opened questionnaire with 107 questions about different conditions. What I wanna do, I wanna, exp I, I plan to explore the range of diseases what might be corrected by Amanita muscaria microdosis. I wanna study the degree of influence uh, Amanita muscaria microdosis on every nosological group I know. I didn't wanna find answer, oh, it works. I wanna find, does it work or not? I wanna be answer, not the positive answer. Because uh, I wanna, I plan to determine stability of Amanita muscaria effects. I wanna research analgetic properties. I wanna find out what is optimal personal microdose uh, size. I wanna find out what the form of use. So all the questions, I put it uh, in a big questionnaire and I told people about my podcast and people start answering. It's a question and optional answers. I feel better, no results, I feel worse. It's not about curing diseases, it's a, because I'm not talking about curing anything, right? Because I understand I'm a doctor. I, I was studying medicine for 12 years, forget it. Condition, what we people can say, condition. I feel better, I have that disease, it diagnosed, I took three weeks or four weeks or six months of Amanita muscaria, I feel better, I have that, that, that and that. So I was not pursuing uh, to discover some, you know, I don't wanna put theories or some discoveries. I wanna, I want from uh, my followers to describe them what's going on. How did you wake up in the morning? What's happening? Do you have this record, uh, recurring chatterbox in your head? What's in your mood? What's with your pain? What's with the symptoms, this and that? It was very fun for four mm -hmm. years. And um, the total amount of people contacted with me on Amanita Mascaria was were 12,000 people, volunteer trials. By this time, it's about 6,000 people strictly on microdosing, but I also were collecting information on a higher dosage, like middle, like let's say five, six grams, because I didn't tell them, take it, take it and tell me what happened. They were writing me because they were already trying. So I know what the uh, results of taking medium dosages. I know what there is, how it's end up with taking big dosages. So I collected a big chunk of information on Amanita. And when I decided, because I wrote the book in Russian in 2020, uh, and I just gave it to my people for free because they were in a project. We wanna know what we achieved. The book was downloaded 45,000 times in the first week. <laughs> wow. 
and now it's about 200,000 people who downloaded it from my social media outlet. Uh, and when I put, I should write the English book and share with the English people because Amanita Mascaria start popping out everywhere. Because people who I was working with, they're everywhere. You know, I have people in Australia, in United States, in Thailand, in every continent not just in Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, it's European Union, it's, it's in uh, Britain, everywhere. And it's different Amanita Mascaria and Amanita has different chemical compounding and um, depending on uh, geographic location, you know, mm -hmm. it could affect people different. So that was lead me to that book. I just got it, ha ha ha. <laughs> I got my free copies. <laughs> Finally, it was so long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, that's pretty much. Yeah. Any any questions? Oh yes, several questions um, <laughs> and observations and whatnot. Um, uh, just for the viewers and listeners, the Anita mascara mushroom is the the. The mushroom's got the red cat and the sort of white flakes on the top. Um, and like this. I do know, yeah, exactly, that it does have a reputation for being a poisonous mushroom. Um, and it's something that I think you can have too much of it can be a problem. But it also has a use in shamanic cultures. Right. And it's got a long history of use. Right. Exactly. In my experience, Amanita Mascaria, it's legal, mm. but it does make it good psychedelic. Right. Because uh, it's, the dosage is different for everybody. Mm. Let's say for psychedelic mushrooms, it's a five grams heroic dose. Right, so right. you know you know plus minus what's going to happen to you if you took one gram two grams three grams five with amanita doesn't work this way mm. some people can take five seven 15 20 and at one point of your psychedelic trip people losing connection of mind and body it's mm. a dissociative and when mind flying away the body becomes self-destroyed. It's there is a very high level of aggression toward yourself. Mm. People start hitting their head or body off the wall. They're doing crazy things. And 99% of people who got in this dissociative state end up waking up in urine, blood. They're defecating, they're all in wounds and scratches. God, it's not psychedelic. It's not psychedelic. It has psychedelic properties, but it's dis dissociative. Mm -hmm. You cannot experience that on um, any other plants, like ayahuasca, mushrooms, iboga. If I touch you and say, Nick, where, what year were you born? You will tell me. I'll ask, what's the name of your mother? You will tell me. 
And when you go away with Amanita, you don't recognize me. You might see me as a Jesus Christ. And you you can see me as a monster. You cannot talk me with a hammer. You totally absent. It's a craziness. It's totally it's a psychiatric episode, you know. You totally not hear, no sense, no logic. You cannot wake up the person, you cannot calm down. The only way you can tie this person to the bed and wait when he will come out and it normally takes 11, 12 hours. Mm. That's it. People don't die from, I have a person who took 50 grams, 46 grams. Oh. And uh, he's very famous in Russia. He's famous actor. He took it and in the middle of his uh, trip, people who were sitting with them, they called me. And I saw what's going on. And I said, God, and they said, we already called 911 because we don't know what to do. He's bleeding. Uh, his skull is open. The blood is going like that. What do we do? We already, I said, don't call 911 because it's going to be even worse. I said, just tie him to the bed and let him be. Because 11, 12 hours and people come back. They have really, really profound experience in understanding things for them, but it doesn't work it. The risk doesn't work it. It just doesn't. I tried it on myself. Amanita doesn't tell you some sacred information which you cannot get with, let's say, more safe plants, but you can really damage your body. That's the point. So I don't advise people to take big quantities, 99%, just forget it. And it's not visual. It's kind of like you go from a dream, from a sleep. First, you start salivating like crazy. Then you start shaking like you're playing drums. And then your whole body. And then you fall asleep. And you wake up in a dream. And you don't know you're here or there. You just don't know. That's it. So big do- And the thing is, some people can take five grams, seven grams. 10 grams, 15 grams, and nothing happened. With Amanita, it's not enough or it's too much. Mm. And it's all different for everybody. And you can take 10 grams, and two weeks later, you can take seven. Ta-da! Your brain are uh, flying out in the universe. Forget it. I have pictures of people with bloody faces smashed with all their wounds because they were sending it to me. I have whole photographs, uh, photograph uh, to prove what I'm saying because I have uh, over 100,000 people auditory who taken this or that plants and they reported to me. So only microdosing only that's why I um that's why I wrote that book and I have a chapter on Amanita trips. People, you just take more safe plants. You can take mushrooms. You can take ayahuasca. Just forget about Amanita trips. It's not safe. Right. It, right. it is not safe. That's it. Yeah. 
but the, the, the microdose, it has some really surprising beneficial effects. Oh, yeah. And so um, out of the comments that you received in this research, what was the most surprising benefit or a few of the most surprising benefits that uh, you came across? We made a big discovery in this project, great discovery, and nobody knew about it. Nobody talks about this. And before I said it, nobody knew about it. And it's one thing. Amanita muscaria microdosing cure addiction to heavy drugs. Mm. Opioids, alcohol addiction, methadone, amphetamine, cocaine, marijuana, and alcohol. When people saying, oh, Amanita muscaria microdosing is placebo, forget it. There is no placebo for alcoholics. I lived in a country where all population drinking alcohol like water. Mm. There is no placebo for people because we are chemically dependent on alcohol, forget it. And I have people reported to me who are drinking heavily, heavily, to the psychotic episodes, they quit. I have 86%. Mm. 36% of heavy alcohol, alcohol users quit. And about 50% we lower the consumption and it works. I'm telling you it works. And it was a great discovery for me as a doctor. We tried um, Amanita before for insomnia. What I discovered in my research, Amanita is not a sleeping pill, like you take microdose and you go sleep when you take a sleepy pill, sleeping pill. Amanita restoring your sleep. You take a three weeks, four weeks course and uh, it restores your sleep. Only you have to have certain conditions for Amanita to work. You, it's restoring your biological pattern and if you take an amanita muscaria to restore your sleep you have to go sleep before 10 p.m mm. because if people have a habit work until one in the morning two in the morning and they take amanita it doesn't work it's even make it worse and amanita which was surprising to me amanita works differently depending on time of intake if you mm. take it in the morning, it gives you a blast of energy, straight thinking, it's blocking the noise, it's make you happy. And if you're depressed or have negative thoughts, it's taking you away to more positive thinking. You are, you're working, it doesn't affect your job, it don't cloud your mind. And if you take it in, in the evening time, it works. Uh, it, it has calming down effect. Mm. That was surprising. The surprising thing for me was analgetic effect of Amanita tincture. Mm. I will tell you what happened to me last week. I, I, I found the, uh, what do you call it? Wasp nest mm. in my garden. I live on a, a, on deserted island, very small, does have a name. I have a little farm. I have animals, I grow my own food, I grow my own animals, so I'm totally self-sustained. And I find out a very big wasp nest by accident and I sprayed it with some uh, 
some poison and they attacked me and they beat both my hands. You know, when wasp, wasp beat you, God, Jesus, in an unbearable pain. And you know, in my mind, I'm always like a science, mad scientist, a researcher, and I think, God, it's the first time in my life I got beat by both hands were damaged. So I put a compress over my right hand and I didn't put it on my left hand. I just want to see what's the difference, difference if it's placebo or not, maybe the pain will go on its own. And guess what? They, uh, they attacked me about 10 in the morning. When I put the compress over my right hand, the pain went away in 27 minutes because I was monitoring it. 27 minutes, the pain went, pain went away. I still have this, uh, my hand was big or hot. I could not, uh, my fingers couldn't bend, but I didn't have any pain, so I was fine. This hand was blowing out of proportions, and then 12 hours, the pain was so unbearable, and the allergies started going up, down. It was very painful itching, and by 10 p.m., I gave up. I got up. <laughs> I put the band-aid. I put the compress. 25 minutes, gone. Wow. I had people reported to me from uh, taking pain from poison oak, some uh, nature activists here in America, people I know. It takes the pain and each in a way. It doesn't cure uh, all these uh, skin conditions with poison oak, but it takes the pain away. It takes uh, pain with cluster migraines, you just put it here. If you have problem with your tooth, you just put it here, you can do compress. I have a lot of people using uh, uh, amanita tincture, alcohol tincture, and it's it's have to be made from fr uh, from fresh cups only fresh. You mm. cannot do the tincture from a uh, dried because I, we tried everything. Uh, during my project, we created two live chats, and it was eight thousand people involved. So everything we studied, it was alive. It was recorded. People knew each other. We were sharing, I'm taking this much. I have these effects. What do you think? I have negative. What should I do? So we were 24 seven talking about it. 8,000 people and two live chats. I was running one and my uh, associate Thomas, were, uh, he was running second one. And I was taking all the information, all the data separately on my uh, different account. So we learned it alive, not like I was sitting somewhere in a bunker and was doing, creating all this information. Because uh, in the beginning of that project, people were writing me, look, you're probably sitting all night and writing all those letters <laughs> because, <clears throat> because they all look the same. Of course, you have bad conditions, you have the same remedy, Amanita, and of course, some percentage reacts positive, some not. But I'm telling you, the percent of positive effects from a day one up to four years didn't change much. So in the first couple months, we achieved some number and it didn't change through the years. It's, it tells me about consistency of the data. Mm. I'm not saying it's real or flat. 
even you cut it on two, it's still good mm. in some points, like restoring your sleep, analgetic properties, and addictions. Right. I have more because I was trying to research everything. I was uh, putting, as soon as people report me, okay, I have allergy and I use Amanita and I have positive or negative or no results. So it was allergy, appetite, digestion, diarrhea or constipation, asthenia, depression, asthma, autism, cold, even like color perception or vision perception, different condition of skins like psoriasis, neurodermatitis, nail fungus, candida, epilepsy, gingivitis, hormonal imbalance, hypertension, mood enhancer, energizer, pain, pain relief, I already told you, pain relief, perspiration, prostatitis, prostatitis is great. I have good numbers on prostatitis. Mm. And um, swelling of lower extremities, cardiac, cardiac arrest recovery, skin burns. It's a great remedy for skin burns. In the book, I have photographs of older women. She burned her uh, fingers. It's in a book. Mm -hmm. And uh, she went in the hospital and we said amputation only. We cured this for a few months with the Amanita lotion. And she recovered. She even grew back the nails. Yeah. And she burned her fingers to the bone. Yeah. You can see it on the picture. And I have pictures in dynamic how she recovered, grew new skin, new nails. It was wow. And it was all posted in a live chats. Mm. We had live streams. People were talking about their experience. And I have audio recorded. It's on my podcast. They were asking me questions, why I have this, why I have that. And mostly, most negative effects I observed when people were buying unknown stuff mm. over internet, especially in capsules, because you even don't know what's inside. And right. they tell me, oh, I took those capsules. I have allergy, I'm itching, and I don't sleep, and I'm aggressive. What's going on? Hello, I'm not uh, researching capsule intakes. <laughs> you have yeah. to go in the forest. You have to pick up Amanita. You have to prepare it as people, because we find out with those for four years, we find out what form, and it could be different for different people, and how you store it. And in our discovery, we made all together it's not just me we did it all together with twelve thousand people we were constantly in a reach they were writing me i was answering i didn't do anything but running that project because it was real heavy on data i have to read all of it all of it systematize put it together ask people questions and everything so we find out there is a group of people about one third of population which is they have positive effects only if they take fresh dried amanita mm. if it me personally if i take fresh dry amanita my body wants it i have great effects i have energy i sleep good and if 
in three months, I don't want it. If I take it, I have nausea, I'm salivating, and I don't want to take it. Even like a photo of taking, just making me. And we have about one third of population which cannot stand fresh dried amanita at all. They can only take two, three, four months and over stored amanita and then they have positive effects. If they take fresh dry amanita, they have aggression, they have flying dark spots, they start sweating and they become real anxious, we cannot sleep and they go down, we have negative posts. So in about one third of population doesn't care what to take, to tell you the truth. So for last year, because you can, uh, because when you dry up amanita, it's changing its chemical properties. Mm. I didn't research it, but by effects, I'm a doctor. I can talk about taking the remedy and watching the effects in this group of people in a systematic, not just two people told me, right? I realized something changes in the manita when you store it because it's affect people different. So for last year, I microdose with a tincture and tincture is alcohol, it's uh, 85 proof and uh, it's very close by chemical compound to fresh mushroom. Mm. So I just put it on the skin, very like couple drops anywhere and it works. You know, I sleep good, I have energy, especially when I had COVID. It didn't cure my COVID, but it gives me, so, you know, I don't know if you had it, but I was 65 days like, like this in my house, couldn't move, couldn't do anything. And as soon as I put some tincture on my body, I go in my garden, I start digging, planting plants, doing my podcast. And then two, three, four, five hours. Yeah. It puts you in bed. So, okay. Any other questions? <laughs> well, I, I I find it really interesting that it can the the, the Amanita muscaria mushrooms. There's a variety of ways of taking them. Um, you know, with the tinctures, ointments, or just eating them, eating fresh, eating dried, and right. that. It, just the variety of effects that they have from all these different ways and in yeah. the book you do include I guess we would call it like recipes on how to prepare them for people uh, so right. people know how to prepare them right. uh, I like the idea of people just going out and finding them on their own <laughs> yeah uh, because it, in my mind, that creates a connection to the forest, you know, where right. they're grown. Oh, know? yeah. Um, so um, are there any uh, contraindications, I, I can never say this word correctly, um, contraindications uh, with the uh, Amanita muscaria that uh, people need to avoid um, doing yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. I have... Um... <sighs> any mental disorders. Mm. I'm not sure if people can take it under supervision of psychiatrists or professional people because I didn't study it and it was not my goal and it's uh, out of my reach. But people who were doing it in a in home, 
we get in some psychotic states which we, we cannot evaluate, you know? And it's dangerous because it's just not good. I have some reports and I could, uh, when I talk with people taking Amanita with uh, mental diseases, it's going bad. And I was telling them, don't take it, don't take it, don't take it. It's very dangerous. But I'm not sure if you do it under control of professionals. So it's for someone to research because I'm, I'm done with my project by this time. And the second is pregnancy and breastfeeding. It's mm. prohibited because I tried it on animals two years. I built a laboratory in my garden. <laughs> I got guinea pigs. I have right now about 60 of them because they multiply crazy. I was feeding them with microdoses and what I find out if you give microdoses to a pregnant guinea pig, it's end up in 50% of stillborns. Wow. And I even got one totally disfigured baby. He had no fur. He was such a small, very weird, not disfigured. He has legs and everything. And he was very energetic, but he didn't have a fur. I should take him separate and keep him in the house but we had the temperature uh dropped suddenly so he died poor baby anyway so pregnancy breastfeeding even logically because if mother takes one gram of dry amanita muscaria on her, on her body weight even it's not about even body weight it's about your brain weight you know it's about, it's because it's affecting brain, right? It's Amanita muscaria has two uh, free analogs of our central nervous system neurotransmitters like um, gamma aminobutyric acid and glutamate and acetylcholine. The mushroom has analogs of those neurotransmitters and they go directly through a blood barrier and imagine on, uh, on a fetus, imagine the size of fetus in one gram of amanita. And uh, I studied genetics and uh, any doctor knows what uh, fetus has critical points of brain development and a uh, brain development is uh, under control of mother biological chemistry right hormones enzymes and everything imagine if she takes amanita all the time it doesn't affect her mentally but it affects your fetus and we don't know which way mm. nobody studied it because uh, you put uh, your unborn child in a psychedelic trip right yeah in a baby who is uh, let's say six seven eight ten pounds weight one gram amanita affects him real hard yeah. You know, and I discovered one contradiction just in the last stage of my project, just this year. It looks like Amanita muscaria microdosis moving the stones in the kidneys. Mm, right. I have about 30, 40 people who had a stone, kidney stone diagnosed. It's moving you know, and I have four millimeters stone 
came out and it's uh, proved by tests, photographs and everything. So there is only four so far I discovered, nothing else. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was telling people because we are all volunteers, we didn't tell anyone, take it. I told everybody who was involved in the project, if you have any negative effects, stop it. Because in a Russian media connected to Amanita Mascaria macrodosis, it's blew up the whole country. You know, since I posted uh, and published my information, the price of Amanita Mascaria skyrised like wow. 10 times. And uh, it's easy money, people, and very few people who selling good stuff, most people selling whatever. It mm. could be mold, it could be uh, prepared wrong, it could be anything. So for anybody who wanna try Manita, go to a forest, pick it up yourself, read how prepared and try any negative effect, any stop, that's it. Mm. It's very easy. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, well, it's really interesting that it kind of exploded in Russia. And one of the things I was thinking of is that, you know, there is this suppression of psychedelics in general there, probably the, yeah, yeah. in Europe and the Americas. Oh, yeah. But the Amanita muscaria would be widely available just yeah. in the forest because it grows yeah. there historically. Uh, right. So it seems like that's the perfect population to experiment with this uh, yeah. and see, you know. Um. Yeah, but I'm telling you, Amanita uh, the legality and um, accessibility of Amanita Mascaria does make it a good psychedelic. It just yeah, does. Yeah. Right, right, right. And uh, all the recipes I gave, it's uh, Amanita Mascaria alcohol tincture, how to prepare it, how to store it, how you ferment it. I mean, Amanita Mascaria tea, and it's not a tea, you don't put a boiled water in a cup with the amanita powder. It's supposed to be room temperature mm. and you keep it 20 minutes. And uh, I advise uh, uh, taking amanita to people in my project only if amanita is dirty, because when you, I, I, it's in my book, when you pick up amanita, you cannot wash it. All the uh, chemicals in amanita muscaria are water soluble. Mm. So if you wash a manita, it's not much left. Mm. And uh, sometimes it's so dirty and you don't know what to do. For alcohol tincture, it does matter because you filter it and you take all the dirt away. But if you collect a manita and it's too dirty, normally I use like a toothbrush or toothpick, just clean it up. And if gills are too dirty, I just take them away. And then Amanita Mascaria ointment, which is really good for burns and Amanita Mascaria lotion. And uh, Amanita Mascaria drink, which is good for, uh, it's, it doesn't give you psychedelic experience. You can take up to 50 grams, but because it's cooked with water, milk and honey, it brings you to very, very deep meditative state. It's totally block your thinking. You can't think. And you know, like a lot of people trying to cut off their thinking and it's probably impossible. 
very few people can achieve it, but with Amanita, we call it in Russia Soma. It's not the Soma, which is in Tibetan scriptures, but anyway, we call it Soma, and I tried it a couple times. It brings you to a state, you sit in and observe your empty brain. And uh, your body is high, like on alcohol, you cannot move, but your brain are crystal clear and quiet, just shut down totally. And it lasts. And what's good about taking this Soma Amanita drink, because you, you take little shot every 45 minutes, so you can control how it affects you. Not just like eating 50 grams and then go crazy, running in the forest for two days and stuck in a pine tree and people have to take you out. You can control milk drink and bring you to the state you want and you don't have a dissociative. So you're always in your body, you know what's going on, but it brings you to very deep meditation state. You don't speak, you don't think. It's just kind of very deep psychedelic experience when you have non-linguistic communication with something. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that's pretty much, and you can cook the stems mm. because for uh, microdosing, we don't use stems. Mm. Um, there is uh, several research and it's published chemical compounds, chemicals in a stem, in a cup, and it's different. And uh, I have my own way to prepare it so you can just eat it like regular mushrooms. I basically soak it for 48 hours in the water, changing water a couple of times. And uh, all water soluble, musimol, ibotenic acid, everything goes in the water. And when you squeeze it and you cook it, you can do soup, you can fry it, whatever. Whatever your way of eating regular mushrooms. And it's amanita stems, they don't become soggy when you keep it in the water and you can freeze it, you can use it for can store it for a couple of months and eat it so and what yes. what interesting let's say if we talk about skin conditions like psoriasis because uh, nobody really knows what's caused psoriasis in neurodermatitis we find out because i was putting questions like okay i have 80 people with psoriasis it's a group of people with psoriasis i talk with each person and i said okay Let's tr just try take it orally. Dry mushrooms, three, four weeks and see what happened. Let's take it separately, just a lotion. Let's, take, uh, let's put the tincture only. So we experimented on everything because I build up the groups, psoriasis, high blood pressure and all different kinds of conditions. And look what I find out. Like let's say neurodermatitis and psoriasis, I have great results with consuming dry amanita, not the topical use. Interesting. Yeah, it's high percentage, about 73% of curing psoriasis. It's, it's not curing, it's go in a remission. Mm. And uh, it's all depends because I don't have a long lasting uh, study let's say for years, how, how often it come back. I have a 
question about how long the effects stay. What's the percentage of coming back, let's say, with alcohol, with drug dependency and everything? So it was a very interesting project, very. That's why I wrote the book, because I, I felt like I need to share this information yeah. with the English speaking people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. And, um, you know, what you're doing is collecting a lot of data that wasn't, you know, a controlled, you know, causal, um, double blind sort of study. Do you know if anyone is doing anything like that? Because it seems like that would be the next step based on the data that you have accumulated for people to actually start doing some hardcore clinical trials um, to verify uh, a lot of this? My study is, uh, I, I have to separate it from scientific literature, whatever right. I wrote, because right. what I did, I collected 12,000 letters and reports on effects of Amanita muscaria. I try to systematize it and put it in a certain frame, but uh, it's a, it's kind of a descriptive statistic to mm -hmm. aggregate Amanita muscaria macrodosic experience. And it should be regarded as a quantitative examination of, of individual experiences with Amanita muscaria macrodosis. It's kind of like a preliminary survey. Right, right. And to do placebo double blind study is out of my reach and I don't want to do that. Right. Let's say if I cured my pain bulge disc and I'm in the perfect condition, I, I can hike, I, I walk every day with my dogs for 10 miles, I go to gym and I don't have pain in my back. You know, to run placebo double blind right. study for me doesn't do much because it's yeah. already working for me. Yeah, well, I wasn't, I wasn't asking so much if you were going to do it, but if no, no, maybe, no. maybe there's this hope that someone else yeah. will based on the evidence in the data that you've accumulated. Could be, yeah, yeah. it could be. It's just not what I want to do. Right, right. I kind of done with Amanita. Uh, I already switched to different projects. I'm researching different uh, healthy benefits of some life form, which uh, nature just give us for free. Mm. I have great results. It's not connected with mushrooms. It's not connected to uh, uh, psychedelics. And I'm uh, amused what I find out for myself. And it's very old um, methods for centuries. We used it, it's just overlooked by people. And, Pharma doesn't want to talk about it, but I already switched my brain to different things. Uh, I'm done with Amanita. And if some people will continue and do placebo study, because you know, my project, I'm not pushing new product on the market. I don't want to create new products, sell it and monetize it. I don't want to even consult people and say, do this or that. This is the book. Everything is right here. Read it. Forget yeah. about Baba Masha. Baba Masha doesn't exist. Yeah. I killed her. That's it. <laughs> yeah. 
She's done eight years. It was such intense uh, communication with a lot of people. I want to live my life. I don't want to be a mama Masha forever. And we, if you uh, look through the book, the big part of that book is individual reports. It's so important to read because when you read it, it's about the 900 of them from Russians, from Americans, from all different countries, different continents. And people describe conditions. What did they have? What did they feel before? How did they take it? How long did they take it? What happened after that? And you can see for everybody, it's different. You have to find your individual form of use. You have to find your personal dose. It could be 0.1 gram. It could be two grams. It's all individual. It cannot be put in a pill, cannot be monetized, cannot be sold like aspirin. If you want to get any results, read the book. Understand it's totally individual. And then you can experience with your, your own body. That's why a big part of it is uh, individual reports. Right. And when I wor 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 was working with a publisher and they said, Masha, let's put it by diseases. Let's put it like insomnia. This, this, I said, look, it's about nothing. Mm. Because for some people to get result with insomnia can have to take it in the morning. Mm. Some people take it in the evening, they can sleep. It's different for everybody. And microdose works for 24 hours. So you have to find out what time to take, how much, and you have to experiment because the microdose of Amanita muscaria, when you take it, it shouldn't show your results right away. You shouldn't go up or down right away. You take it for a week, you look back, you write down what you want, you write down your condition because you forget it. You mm. don't, uh, because if you're not a doctor, you even don't see how your body responds because most people like, okay, I have pain right there, whatever, blah, blah. So write down everything you have, take it for a week and see how it affects you. And then you experiment with bigger, not more than one gram, not more than one gram. Because if you start a little bit salivating and you have nausea, forget it, go mm. lower. So you don't have, you don't, if, and if you have a, a certain dose of Amanita and you have blast of energy, it's wrong dose, go down, cut it in half. It's all in a book. I have, I presented all kinds of conditions in individual reports in my book. The problem is uh, I put like 40 more questions after I submitted <laughs> my manuscript. So I discovered a uh, little bit more information about different conditions because uh, I didn't uh, did put just blind question like, okay, let's research uh, uh, high blood pressure. No, if a few people, like five, six, seven people wrote me report, Masha, my blood pressure were 180 by 130 and I took Amanita three weeks and it's normal. I'm like, whoa. So I put in this question for voting, for discussion. And I start talking in a, my uh, live chats, people 
with blood pressure. Tell me what's going on with you. It was very uh, intense, nice project because it's a life. Mm. For four years, it was a life. Right. You talk with people alive. It's not like a dead study. You just uh, collecting information. You talk with people and you talk with them in dynamic. First week, second week, third week. That's why uh, I put the accent on uh, individual reports. If you want to know how Amanita Mascari microdosis affects the body, you should uh, read uh, reports. So I put uh, 40 more questions like tuber tuberculosis, Parkinson's disease, HIV, uh, this coronavirus, symptoms of active herpes, hot flashes. Hot flashes have big percent of positive mm. effects. Panic attacks, 82. Mm. It doesn't take away panic attack on the spot when you have it. But when you take the course of three weeks and you take the break and you look back, you see panic attacks are diminished in numbers mm. or gone. And it's all individual. Like we were doing the research. You take it three weeks. You see how it affects you. When you take the break and then you start monitoring maybe your condition is much better and you don't have to take it, right? So you have to take a break, let's say seven days, 10 days. And if you need it, you feel like you need more, you take three more weeks, four more weeks, and you take a brain and you monitor how do you feel. That's how we were going. Mm -hmm. And I have people who, who are taking Amanita like five, six years. Yeah. They don't have any diseases. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is from Amanita. Let's say it, if it will affect the liver badly, we will know because people will start talking about it in live chats and we all will know right away. That's what's been great about the people. We were working as a big team and it was wonderful, you know? met a lot yeah. of good people who are my friends right now. I have people volunteering in my live chats, um, administrating and uh, taking care, taking people out of the chats or just want to blah, 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 or scream or mm -hmm. fight or do some. It took a while to make it, uh, put it in the right uh, path of researching and talking about things I want, not just talk gibberish or getting in the fights because you know if you read the um, comments in any let's say youtube channel blah people are getting in a fight they're calling their names they talk about things which totally out of equation or does belong to what uh, let's say i research i have about um, i have three channels on youtube my first psychedelic channel was banned in Russian Federation 2018. They blocked it. So I opened another one and it took them two years to discover me again. <laughs> and they blocked me in Russian Federation in 2020. So I, I opened one more strictly to Amanita Mascaria and it's called uh, Microdosing with Baba Masha. Mm. And uh, I 
I'm putting slowly English subtitles. About seventy percent of movies have in uh, English subtitles, and it's only twenty. And it's all all detailed explanation of everything. I'm showing how I do the tincture. I'm showing how I prepare amanita, how I pick it up, how I store it, how I dry it, everything. So that's it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was ask you if we're going to kind of open this up to English speaking audience, uh, because I looked at, I don't remember which channel it was, but I know everything on it was Russian. Um, and so the, it's the microdosing with uh, Baba Masha that you're starting to upload some with English uh, subtitles. So um, I'll find that and I'll put a link to it in the show notes and video description so people can find right. it. Um, right. I think it's really interesting. And, you know, I, I've been enjoying reading your book. I really enjoy reading the uh, reports that people had submitted to you. Um, I find it really- They're wild, huh? Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, well, and it, it was really interesting how sometimes it's whole families, you know, that, you know, you know, it's the mom, dad, grandfather, grandmother, the kids even. Nick, so. that's how I find out what you have to- you have to take time, find out individual dosage, because let's say it's a couple, is it is a family, and they take in the same amanita, they prepare it uh, the same, they pick it up in uh, the same geographical location, husband reacts this way, and wife reacts different way, and I'm like, why? Yeah. That's why I run with uh, research uh, to find out because I build up groups and I say, okay, tell me who takes some fresh dried amanita and you have negative. Because you announce it in the live chat and let's say 8,000 people and you get data right away, mm. right away. That's what yeah. was very fast. That's why it was very fast. And by two years of my project, I collected three, over 3,000 people taking microdoses only strictly microdoses, not trips or anything. Right. And, right. and now it's over six by the time I closed it because there is nothing else I can put. Right. You know, right. there's nothing else to research and I don't want to just da, 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 da. Right. I, right. I stopped with live streams because seven, eight, nine hundred people come in and they're newbies and they say, oh, Baba Masha, how do I start? Hello? Yeah. <laughs> Go read the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, has the um released yet? I, I don't remember released on the book. Um, has it been released, or is it going to be released in a, a couple weeks? Um, a lot of people got it by uh, uh but from um, different sources because it's a. Uh, in the, uh, it's a, it's a worldwide and a lot of people pre-order it especially people in different countries who speak english like finland israel uh part of europe they mm -hmm. all uh, speak english so it was big chunk of pre-ordered books some people got it because i got people from uh, britain they said i got the book i'm reading da 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 uh, Amazon uh, sent it to everybody who pre-ordered it before on September 6th, so okay. it's in a week. All right. Okay. So All it's right. available on Amazon and it's available online. It's available everywhere in every country, and okay. uh, it uh, has a big uh, pre-order. I just know because people 
I was right. writing me, Masha, I already pre-ordered five. Masha, I pre-ordered, I want to give it to all my friends. Masha, we were waiting so long. So I know people are getting it already. Okay. All right. Good, 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 good. Well, I'll put links for the book too in the show notes in the video description as well. Okay. So people can uh, find the book easily. Yeah. So, all right. Um, uh, this was an incredible conversation. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all of this knowledge that you've gathered. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, and your, um, you already said that what you're, you're, you've got something that you're working on um, now. You've sort of stepped away from the Amanita muscaria. Um, and I can tell it to you in a private conversation. I want okay. to talk yeah. about this on public. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, you can let me know privately uh, after I stop recording. You can you can share with me. Uh, is there? Um, and I'm going to put the uh, the link to YouTube. Um, so I guess that would take care of um, uh, pretty much where people can find out what you've been doing and what you've been up to. Is there any other location like a website or anything? No, no, I don't want to connect my uh, personal okay. life to Amanita. I don't want to be right. consultant to the rest of my life. Right, right. Uh, everything is here. Like God told me, everything yeah. is here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> everything yeah, yeah. is in the book. You All read right. it, you become an expert in Amanita and you know what to do. I don't want to consult. I'm not pushing right. anything. I'm not selling. I'm not, I'm not going to, because I'm older woman. <laughs> I'm not going to go in the mountains because sometimes to find Amanita, you walk for 15, 20 miles and you obtain only one small box, about uh, two, three, uh, four pounds. Mm. Forget it. Forget yeah, it. It's yeah. done. I did. Uh, I did my uh, dues. Yeah. I'm happy with the result. I put the book out. No contacts. No selling. No questions. No consulting. Everything is there. Everything. Yeah. And yeah. my. I might uh, do the sequel uh, on my uh, animal research okay, because yeah. it's not here. And I have 40 more uh, pathological conditions, which I put after I submit the manuscript. And maybe I'll put uh, more uh, information because I run different projects. It's not just Amanita. I already uh, appropriate my method of collecting data with people because uh, as you said in the beginning on Amanita product, uh, on uh, marijuana addiction, I run project on uh, microdosing psychedelic mushrooms. So I did a lot of uh, same projects before I come up to Amanita mm -hmm. because Amanita was not available. It just kind of dropped on my head right. from nowhere. It was not the goal. I didn't know anything about it. It just happened, you mm -hmm. know? And it's result in a book and then book is out, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Well, I think that's probably a good place to end. So um, again, right. thank you. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a okay, joy uh, speaking with you. And I do encourage people to get the book. It is a fun read, especially reading all of those reports that you gathered. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Nick, for inviting me. Oh, of course. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. All right. All right. And that's a wrap on episode 52 of Rebel Spirit Radio. Thank you so much for listening or watching if you're a part of my YouTube audience or watching this on Spotify. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to give it a positive rating on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. It only takes a second and your five-star ratings really do help, especially if you're listening on Apple. 
you have a minute to spare, please consider posting a short but positive review. And please consider subscribing. For those viewing on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you'll be notified when I upload new content. Also, if you have a friend or family member um, or even co-worker who you think might like this podcast, please share it with them. Right now, that is the best way to help me grow the podcast. And I really would like to grow my audience. Um, I also have a PayPal link set up if you would like to make a one-time donation. And yes, you can still be the very first person to do so. I guarantee you that if you make a donation, I will give you a call out on the show and you will have my undying gratitude. Uh, you can find a link for that in the show notes or the video description. I'm also going to be launching a Patreon within the next few months, so keep tuned for more information on that. I have a lot of plans for Rebel Spirit beyond the podcast. I do want to create more video content for the YouTube channel, and I'm planning some live stream episodes. Uh, the first will be with returning guest Dr. Sharon Kogan, uh, where she will offer a Jungian analysis interpretation of dreams for whoever uh, participates in the live stream. Uh, we're still working on scheduling this, but it will likely be the end of October. So be sure to follow Rebel Spirit Radio on Facebook and or sign up for the newsletter at rebelspiritradio.com. That way you'll be informed of all future events and the launch of the Patreon. Uh, implementing all of this is going to take a lot of time, work, and resources. So anything you can do to help will be greatly appreciated. I'm Nick Mather, and you've been listening to Rebel Spirit Radio. Until next time, may you be in peace, may you flourish in all possible ways, and may you continue to nurture your rebel spirit. <laughs>